Welcome to the Reformed Hope Podcast. In this podcast, we seek to apply God's law word to every area of life. In this episode, we look at current events through the lens of a biblical worldview and consider what the Bible has to say about what is going on around us. We conclude each episode with a brief devotional thought from Scripture. Jesus is King of all things, and all things are to be subject to Him. In times of peace and prosperity, when everything is going well, the prophetic voice of godly counsel is often drowned out by the indulgent laughter or scorn of those comfortable in the abundance of their idleness. On the other hand, in times of crisis and panic, that same prophetic voice is often drowned out by the confused cries of men and women whose faith in the power of Egypt or Washington becomes more evident than ever. In both cases, though, the law of God and the wisdom found therein are rejected. But in both situations, the need for the wisdom found in God's word is so important. It is God alone who can give the wisdom that will allow man to live and prosper in times of abundance and in times of need. And in our current situation, When many are in distress over the spread of the coronavirus, the tendency has been to turn to materialistic explanations, humanistic hopes, and statist solutions, rather than turning to the law word of God. But those voices of biblical love, wisdom, and clarity are still there if people only take the time to hear them, or in this case, to read them. This past week, my friend AJ texted me a link to an article written by a Canadian pastor. The article was written on March 27, 2020, and it's titled, COVID Calamity, When the Cure is Worse Than the Disease. It's an article which brings much-needed clarity and biblical wisdom at a time when people seem less likely than ever to question the status quo. The author of the article is the Reverend Dr. Joseph Boot, and you can read the entire article at the EzraInstitute.ca. That's EzraInstitute.ca. It is worth your time to take 15 minutes and read this article. Now, the author lists two main goals for his article. He says, first, I want to reflect on what scripture says about outbreaks of both disease and panic. Second, he wants to consider and weigh the societal cost of the response to the virus in a measured and scripturally non-reductionist fashion. It's these two things, the author argues, and I doubt anyone can truly deny, that are largely missing in the midst of the discussion about the COVID-19 crisis. Now, the first thing that the reader is struck with when looking at this article is the reminder that disease and epidemics come from the hand of a sovereign God. Now, an ungodly society which espouses a materialistic worldview is unable or at least stubbornly unwilling to receive the truth that every instance of death is in some form or fashion a result of God's judgment upon sinful man. Rather, they see everything from disease to death and sickness as the mere biological consequence of a series of unordered events. For the Christian, however, the general judgment of God on mankind, what we call the fall, accounts for all 
sin, suffering, and death. Every sickness, every calamity, and every death since Adam has been in some measure the judgment of God because of sin in general. But beyond this, Dr. Boot reminds us that the Bible is actually replete with God's warnings concerning disease and epidemics coming upon those who live in persistent rebellion and disobedience to God. Beyond the reality that we live in a fallen world and we will all experience death at some point, God providentially brings specific instances of disease in order to judge mankind in history. Among the several passages that Dr. Boot cites include Amos 4.10, where the prophet recounts how God sent pestilence after the manner of Egypt upon his people because of their persistent sin and rebellion against his law. Now, the Bible rec- record reveals a God who is patient and long-suffering, but who will also bring judgment after a long series of appeals and warnings to a recalcitrant people. One thing that is glaringly absent in the response to this virus is repentance as a nation for any of the vile offenses that we've committed against God's law. In fact, in some ways, we see just the opposite as we look out and consider the reaction to this virus in our nation. One of the greatest sins of our nation, the gleeful slaughter of babies in their mother's womb, has not ceased due to the judgment being sent on our land. In fact, in his article, Dr. Boot actually points out that in New Zealand, for example, the government used a crisis to pass a bill decriminalizing abortion and abandoning a national referendum on the subject. Furthermore, thinking about America, the unjust pattern of deficit spending and borrowing against future generations that has characterized American politics for decades has only increased during the spread of the virus. We are reminded again of the prophet Amos, who recounted how after each instance of God's judgment, the people did not return to God but hardened their hearts more and more. It is in response to this continual stiffening of the neck to a series of divine judgments, including disease and the ensuing death and destruction of economies, that the prophet declares the famous lines, Therefore thus I will do to you, O Israel, because I will do this to you, prepare to meet your God. You see, the downward spiral of sin leads to people not only being blinded to the reality that the hardship they are facing is coming from God, but also leads them to actually stiffen their necks in sin more in response to the judgment. The Apostle John's description of humanity's response to God's judgments in history is being lived out before our eyes. John described those who, despite suffering under the hand of God's judgment, cursed God and continued to sin. He wrote, People gnawed their tongues in anguish and cursed the God of heaven for their pain and sores. They did not repent of their deeds. Though people may not literally raise their fists to heaven during this time, any response other than repentance and faith is akin to cursing God. And the national response on the whole a response which is deepening our abandonment of biblical law, abortion, theft, immorality, is certainly a cursing of God, which will not go unpunished. 
Now in his article, Boot reminds us that even though true Christians are forever free from God's eternal judgment, of which the coronavirus really is a mere drop in the ocean of God's wrath, even though Christians are free from that eternal wrath of God, they nevertheless live in the midst of nations and are not immune from God's judgment upon those nations. The question some Christians will need to ask is this, have I been living as salt and light in my nation, preaching the gospel of Jesus and simultaneously calling out the sins of abortion, homosexuality, sexual perversion, and most fundamentally, idolatry? And the question we all must ask is, how have I sinned against God? Where do I need to repent? The truth is, every single person outside of Christ has something far worse than the coronavirus coming. Even in terms of temporal judgments, if you think about it, the coronavirus is not on the top of the list of calamities and destruction that God has used throughout history. One only has to read six chapters into the Bible to see an instance when God destroyed over 99% of the entire global population. But another much needed point Boots article brings up is the statist response to the virus being implemented by many Western nations. The shutting down of state economies, the mass quarantine of entire populations, and the erosion of certain civil liberties are not only being accepted by the people, but even being applauded by the people, even being asked for by the people. In fact, it is this societal fallout of the virus that Boots says may be the greater manifestation of God's judgment. One segment of the article is worth quoting at length here. Quote, Critically, God also warns his own people that he would bring upon them confusion and rebuke because of their wickedness and sin. The Lord will afflict you with madness, blindness, and mental confusion. Deuteronomy 28. Both the prophet Isaiah and Zechariah warn of God's judgment bringing a day of confusion. In Zechariah, great panic follows the outbreak of disease as an aspect of God's judgment. In short, God is no buttercup when it comes to dealing with the presumptuous sin and rebellion of man. We see throughout Scripture a connection between wickedness and rebellion, disease, confusion, and panic. The ensuing societal mess frequently becomes the greater manifestation of God's judgment than the original plague. The specter of death has a way of pushing people, without faith in the living God, into mindless and irrational decisions, as well as exposing hypocrisy. A month or so ago, progressive liberal media and elites considered strong national borders, especially those of our southern neighbor, as practically a moral evil. Now they can't shut down national borders fast enough. Until a few weeks ago, the radical environmentalist voice was blocking Canadian railroads, condemning productivity, holding the country to ransom, and calling man a virus infecting the planet. When an actual virus threatens them, suddenly we need private business and the productive and manufacturing industries to make medical equipment to save the virus from the virus. Though our culture is ready to kill the unborn and the elderly by the thousands by human decision in the name of autonomy and dignity, it is terrified of being exposed to a potential killer of perhaps 1% of those infected by something we don't control." End quote. 
In saying all this, and throughout his article, Boot is clear that the virus is a real thing and the deaths caused by it are serious. However, he also points out that suffering, death, and loss caused by the response to the virus are also serious and worth, worth considering. Boot argues for what he calls a non-reductionistist response to the virus. What he means by this is that we cannot simply measure harm in mere biological terms alone. He comments on what will likely be the reality of millions of people in the days ahead. Quote, the damage done to people's health by job loss, anxiety, market collapse, loss of education, social isolation, loss of retirement savings, lack of access to health care for serious diseases, and the dislocation of communities can be utterly devastating. End quote. In this article, Boot shows his readers that from start to finish, the virus highlights an abandonment of biblical law. He points out that the virus started, in part, as a result of failing to consider God's wise counsel regarding dietary regulations. With the fallout of the virus, people are failing to turn to other biblical laws to solve the problem. From a Christian worldview, the result is predictable. More curses. The article deserves a spot in every major newspaper. More likely, however, accepting a work of the Spirit of God, the self-imposed famine of hearing biblical wisdom will be augmented with further sanctions from a God who is not blind to the injustice occurring in our land. We close today's episode with a devotional thought from the third chapter of the book of Micah, verses 1 through 4. And I said, Hear you heads of Jacob, and rulers of the house of Israel, is it not for you to know justice, you who hate the good and love the evil, who tear the skin from off my people and their flesh from off their bones, who eat the flesh of my people and flay their skin from off them and break their bones in pieces and chop them up like meat in a pot, like flesh in a cauldron. Then they will cry to the Lord, but he will not answer them. He will hide his face from them at that time because they have made their deeds evil. Let me note just two brief things about this passage. One, God is very concerned with how the leaders of a nation conduct themselves. Of course, God is concerned with how the leaders of every segment of society, leaders of the family, leaders in the church, leaders of the nation. But here the focus is on the leaders of the nation. And Micah, in other places, turns his gaze to the religious leaders. But here the focus is on the leaders of the nation. It's not for you, rulers of the house of Israel, rulers of the house of Canada, rulers of the house of the United States. Is it not for you to know justice? God is concerned with how rulers rule. Are they ruling justly according to God's standard, according to God's law? Number two, a nation that continues in unrepentant sin may find that there is no longer an opportunity for restoration for that nation. Faithful ministers of God's word have been proclaiming for decades that God's judgment is already falling on America due to her willful abandonment of his law. Perhaps it will be the fallout from a society's response to the coronavirus, a society bankrupt both morally and financially, that is that final end for America. Perhaps not. In any case, the charge for the Christian remains the same. Love God, love neighbor, preach the gospel, and set your hope fully on Christ. Thank you for listening to the Reformed Hope Podcast. 
If you've been blessed by this podcast, be sure to subscribe and share it with your friends. For articles, sermons, and more resources on applying the Lordship of Christ to every area of your life, please visit www.reformedhope.com. Also, be sure to check us out on Facebook. Until next time, go serve the risen King.